0: Good morning. (coughs) This morning we're continuing our series on celebrating the Psalms. And this morning specifically, we're going to be looking at Psalm 147. Connection's bad? Okay. All right. We're still going to look at Psalm 147. (laughs) Is that okay? I'll just hold it up. Okay. And if you're looking at the black Pew Bibles in your pews, page 509, somewhere in 147. I also have it for you up here. Which pockets? The front. We'll see. Okay. Psalm 147. Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise Him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars. And calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. The Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. Let's pray. Father God, I pray that you would teach us this morning, that you would speak to us in our hearts, that your spirit would be here in our midst as we look at your word, and as we look at these psalms, that you would instruct us, that you would give us something that we can take back with us as we work, as we be with our families, as we go through life. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Back in early July of this summer, there was a man and and his daughter who were on the shores of Magnolia, and they were looking out over the ocean. And they saw just a little bit offshore a a bunch of school of fish, pogies, that were jumping out of the water. And they were saying, there's got to be something going on there. So he had a boat. He got into his boat, and he drove out to where the fish were jumping out of the water. And as he got right next to the fish, all of a sudden, a 60-foot humpback whale dived out of the water right through the pogies and then back down right next to his 20-foot-long boat. When he looked at that and he experienced that, he went through a whole bunch of emotions. Like, my boat is not big enough. I shouldn't be this close to this. But there was also, along with that sense of relief that nothing happened, there was a sense of awe and a sense of love of nature and, and what is, is so beautiful about the ocean. And as I looked at it, there's a video on the Internet if you want to look at it. It's kind of cool. He, he, as the whale's going away, he goes, I love you, I love you, I love you. And it's kind of cool. But for me, I look at that and I say, I wish I was in that boat. Because if I were in that boat, I'd add another emotion, and that would be just awe at how great our God is and how amazing our God is, that we can experience that. The Psalms are all about emotions. They're songs. They're poems. Uh, this, This psalm is actually a very good Hebrew poem. Hebrew poems oftentimes have parallelism, makes a statement, And then the the line just below the statement actually is saying the same thing, but a different way. Instead of rhyming words, Hebrew words, at the end of a line, which is what we do in poetry, they rhyme ideas. One one idea, same idea. New idea, same idea. New idea, same idea. Going all the way down. That's the way this particular psalm reads. A statement, and then a second statement, which agrees with a statement just above it. But it expresses the same thing as that man in the boat. It expresses our feelings and, em- and emotions, amazement at who God is, relief, awe, love for God, for all things that are part of the Psalms. And if I were in that boat, it would make me want to write a, a new psalm about the whale and how, God, how great God is. This morning we're going to look at another emotion. It's not an emotion that most of us feel when we see how great God is, even though the psalm talks about how great God is. I mean, the emotion that we're going to focus on is this idea of being brokenhearted. Wow, that's a really down word. He heals the broken heart and binds brokenhearted and binds their wounds. Here's the idea for today, brokenhearted, and then along with it are wounds, the difficulties in life. That's what we're going to talk about in the sermon today. We look at the first seven verses of Psalm 47. So the first question I have is, what is brokenhearted? Like, in the English language today, a broken heart usually means a love, romantic relationship that has gone sour. Somebody broke his heart. It means the relation is, relationship is broken. It's dead. It's gone. Something that was is no longer. Is that what this passage is about? Heals all of our romantic relationships? No, that's not what the psalmist is actually looking for. Nor is heart something that's literal scientifically and biologically about our own bodies. We have a heart. When it's broken, it's called a heart attack. This isn't a psalm for those people who have a heart attack. In the Bible, in the Old Testament, the heart is not something that pumps blood, but is felt to be the center of our feelings, the center of our emotions. A broken heart is broken feelings and broken emotions. That isn't to say that broken feelings means that you don't feel, and you don't feel emotions. In fact, when you're brokenhearted, your feelings work just fine. Your emotions work just fine. It's just that they feel so bad. They feel so terrible. Brokenheartedness is something that we feel when... Things are not right, when things are disappointing, when they're down, when we're hurt, when we're depressed, because we've experienced tragedy or pain, shattered dreams, broken trust, sickness, we've been let down, attacked or abused or treated unfairly or bullied. Those are the kind of things that make us feel brokenhearted and they're not easy to deal with. It is not something that's comfortable to be brokenhearted. It talks about feelings that are associated with brokenheartedness. I want to look at some of those. I'm going to look for Psalm 34 talks about it. Psalm 69 talks about it. Psalm 9 talks about it. And Isaiah 51 talks about it. They're just specific verses inside of these things. But these are the emotions that are associated with brokenheartedness. If you look in these, crushed in spirit, needy, the feeling of helplessness. I can't do anything about it. Being scorned, ridiculed, put down, bullied. Being mournful, sad, just depressed, just down. Grieving and despair. Those are the kind of emotions that the old <laughs> associates with us being broken hearted. They're not easy emotions. They're not things that we can deal with easily. They're powerful emotions. They're intense. They're all consuming. And we have all felt them at one time or another. And some of us even now, maybe in the midst of feeling brokenhearted. And when you're in the midst of feeling brokenhearted, you don't want to hear a sermon brokenhearted. You don't want to hear about that at all because it's too hard, it's too difficult, it's too depressing. But the time to hear a sermon about being brokenhearted is actually when you're not. So that when that time comes in your life, which is going to come, when we will experience that, we will know what to do, what to think, and what to say. The Bible is clear. We are all at some point going to experience the emotions of being brokenhearted, to be disappointed. There's nothing in the Bible that says, become a Christian so that you feel good for the rest of your life so that you feel wonderful for the rest of your life, so that nothing bad ever happens to you, so that there's no trees in your life. There's nothing in Scripture that says that. In fact, there's lots of illustrations in scriptures of good, godly people going through really difficult times. It's not so much that God wants us to avoid being brokenhearted. That's not the message of Psalm 147. The message is, you will be brokenhearted, You may be right now. You will be in the future. What are you going to do about that? A couple weeks ago, I saw the news, the shooting, in a Walmart store in El Paso, Texas. And I thought about that. I said, those people, so many killed. Were some of them believers? Were some of them actually honest, faithful people that loved God, but they were killed. What were to happen in our community? What's like in Danvers? Someone opened fire in a store there. And was actually in there and was killed. That would cause significant brokenheartedness. And our reaction would be, where is this God who is mighty in power as it says there in the passage, great is our Lord and mighty in power. That's in verse 5. Where is God? Why couldn't this God who is mighty in power have kept these people safe? Why do bad things happen to good people? Those are really, really hard questions and I'm not going to talk about that this morning. What I'm going to talk about is that it does happen and we will be broken hearted and we need to understand what God has to say about that. So, what is broken heart? And it's something that we all must experience. That's what this psalm is about. People in this psalm have gone through the worst, the worst that life can bring to you. And yet, in the psalm, they can still praise God. And they can do it and trust God because God helps us when we are brokenhearted. How? God heals our broken heart. Right there, he says, he heals the brokenhearted hearted and he binds up their wounds. Now, I want to kind of step back just a little bit here because I've been using the term brokenhearted so far in the sermon as just sort of a general thing, something that can happen to any one of us. But you know, in the psalm, it has a historical context. This particular psalmist is actually writing about a period of brokenheartedness that the people of Israel went through and how God has brought them through that. There's a historical context to this passage. And I wanna look at that. There's an Old Testament context. And if you look at it, it's in two. The Lord of Jerusalem and he gathers the exile of Israel. Well, the exile, if you were part of our preaching series back last year, we talked about Ezra and what the exile was and what that actually means. i just describe that to you for a little bit. But that means that this psalm was written hundreds of years after all of the other psalms in the book of Psalms. So King David has been dead for 500 years before this psalm was ever written. Because in this psalm, it is talking about a period in the life of Israel. Israel, they made a covenant with God. They said, we will do the things that you want us to do. We will obey your laws. And God said, if you obey my laws, then I will make you a great nation and I will protect you as a nation. But what happened is that the people of Israel, over time, forgot the covenant that they had made with God. And they turned their hearts away from God. And they went as far away from God as they could possibly go. And so sent his prophets to them, listen, you made a covenant with me and you are breaking the covenant. If you break this covenant the way you are, if you continue to this covenant, then Israel will be destroyed. The country will be no more. But if you change, if you repent, then I will once again welcome you back. And the response of Israel to the prophets was, we're not doing it. We're not following after God. And so, Israel refused to repent. And the country was destroyed. Israel and Judah. Jerusalem was destroyed. The temple was destroyed. And the people sent into exile. In other words, they were taken from their homes and they were brought to other countries that were around them. They were made slaves. Their were destroyed, oftentimes they were killed, and they were brought out of the land that they grew up in, out of the land that was theirs, Israel, and they were went into exile into all of the surrounding countries as slaves. That's the broken heart that this Psalmist in 147 is talking about. It is the loss of family, the loss of friends, the loss of our homes, the loss of our country, the loss of our freedom, slavery, hardship. That is the part that has made them brokenhearted. And God in Jeremiah says, Have you not brought this on yourself by forsaking the Lord, your God, when he led led you in this way? Brokenheartedness that the psalmist is talking about is actually specific. It is the broken-heartedness that comes when we God, who is our Savior, our Lord, and our King. It is a very specific kind of broken-heartedness. But yet, God, through his prophet, also talked about hope. And Isaiah, who lived or a hundred years before this psalm was written, he actually wrote a prophecy. Spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor, he has sent me to bind up brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of the vengeance, day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion. Now, if you remember back in our sermon series in Ezra, when God took the people of Israel who were in exile, brought them back to rebuild Jerusalem, which had been destroyed, to rebuild the country which had been devastated. And God brought them back in order to restore what was Israel. That's what Isaiah is talking about. And one of the things that they talk about in Ezra is the fact that at a certain point they brought out the law and they brought out the prophets. And you know, they read through the law and along there they read through Isaiah. And it's very likely that after reading this in Isaiah, the person who wrote, I'm going to write a psalm about this, about the fact that God <laughs> Jesus or sent somebody to bind up the brokenhearted. I sort of tipped off my next point there. That's okay. God sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, and so we have that same language in Psalm 147. So as we look at this, this psalm is talking about being brokenhearted. But the brokenhearted is what comes disobeying God. But the amazing thing when we look at this chapter is that He heals our brokenheartedness. So God heals our broken hearts. Even when we don't deserve it. Even when it's all our fault that we're in the situation we're in, God heals our broken hearts. Even when God's heart, the psalm to praise our God who loves us, even when we deserve it. That's awesome. God loves us but you know context is it? and I want to talk about that because this is really beautiful it's Jesus how does Jesus fit into the psalm well in in the gospel Jesus going to his home his home land of Galilee and going to the town that he grew up in which was Nazareth and on the Sabbath he went to the synagogue they gave him a scroll of Isaiah and he turned Isaiah to chapter 61 and read the three verses This is what he read Something we just looked at the spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to pro- to the poor, he is to bind up the brokenhearted, to free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion. Then he rolled up the scroll and he put it aside. And it says in Luke, he rolled up the scroll, gave it back to the attendant, and sat down. The eyes of everyone in the synagogue were fastened on him. And he began by saying to them, Filled in your hearing. Today, this scripture was filled, fulfilled 600 years before when the exiles came back and Jews, Jerusalem was rebuilt, right? This is, a, this is, a, this is over. It's been used. Like a firework that goes off. No good anymore. It only goes. This prophecy Jesus says, today, this scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. There's a second part of this prophecy. There's a second part to Psalm 147. Jesus' idea of brokenheartedness, brokenhearted being healed as something that applies not just to the exiles coming back to Jerusalem to rebuild it, but to everyone sitting here, everyone in the world today. Through Jesus, God heals us of all of our brokenheartedness. Sometimes we feel brokenhearted about things that have to do with our choices and decisions. That really fits Psalm 147. Sometimes we're brokenhearted about things that we have no control over at all. Things that just happen to us. Things that are hard. Things that are difficult. Sometimes we feel brokenhearted because of things that other people have done to us. Brokenhearted about so many things. Through Jesus, Heal us. Through Jesus, God heals us of all of our brokenheartedness. Because of Jesus, God heals us when we're crushed in spirit. God heals us when we're needy. God heals us when we're feeling helpless. God heals us when we're scorned. God heals us when we're mournful. God heals us when we're grieving. God heals us when we're in despair. God is in the business of healing brokenheartedness. Well how does he do that? You notice in Psalm one hundred and forty seven is that it's kind of a long process. I get that. Look he heals the brokenhearted and he binds up their wounds. Now That phrase, "binds wounds," he could have said, "He heals the brokenhearted, and the brokenhearted are instantly cured." That's not what he says. He says he binds up their wounds. If you come to, I bandage up that wound, and that wound is healed. No, all we've done is we've stopped the bleeding. We've stopped the damage it was causing you hard, but it's going to take time for that wound to heal. It is going to be a problem. Broken heartedness. God heals it. We pray it will instantly go away. Healing. He just takes things away. That's not what this passage is saying. He binds up our wounds. Back to the sermon last that Jake did. He talked about as he was he started the, by talking about all of the broken heartedness about that. In fact, in his own way he felt and how much it affected him. And then he talked about need to prepare for a sermon. A sermon on joy, sermon on joy if I'm feeling this way. Because what we need to understand is that brokenheartedness doesn't just go away. There are things that are good about what happens when we're brokenhearted. There's a process to doing that. Even though we might hate the way I feel and I need to feel another way because of this that's coming up, that's not the way it works. We don't pray and say to God, take it away. Get rid of it. Don't like it. It doesn't work that way, because there's a process, and part of that process is that God changes us. Process. You think about what happened in Psalm 147. You think about what happened with the people of Israel. God destroyed their temple. He destroyed their life. It worked. for 70 years they lived in exile. But in 70 years, they learned. They were arrogant. They didn't trust God. They in that time, they learned something. They learned how to humble themselves before God. Look at Psalm 51. You do, God, you do not delight in sacrifice. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. My sacrifice, O God, is a broken spirit and contrite heart. You, God, will not despise that. What we learn during the process of God's healing is how to be content, how to be contrite. There is a process that goes on. And if you look at other scriptures, Paul, or actually James, in James chapter 1, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith, faith produces... Here's this idea. Trials. They happen. Does God disappear? there's a process, and in that process we change and we learn how to persevere. And so in Psalm 147, the psalmist also says the same thing. This line almost seems like it comes. God sustains the humble. Because this psalm is being written in a sense after this period of being brokenhearted, and God is starting together. It's going to take time but God is starting to put it together. The psalmist understands that God works sustains people who are humble. God changes when we are going through these times. He gives us new understanding. He gives us humility. He gives us perseverance. God the humble. As we experience being one, we know that God is with us and that he will heal our hearts and he will be there to help us change. That's what the psalmist is saying. And you know what? That's the reason why the psalmist gets excited not because God took it all away in because God is with us and helping us to change. And because of that, the psalmist gives incredible response. Praise the Lord! Thank you, God. We were so brokenhearted. And you're fixing it. You're helping us. You're buying, You bound our wounds and we're getting better. How good! praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise Him. Great is our Lord and mighty in power is He. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. It is because God is with us that we can pray for how we what we're going through. Let's pray. Father, in a moment, we get a chance to worship you, to sing praises to you, to lift up your name. I don't know where we all are. We're all at different places. Some of us maybe are going through really difficult times. And we need your presence in our lives. We need you to help us find our wounds. For others of us, we need to know that we do go through times when we will be brokenhearted, when we will be down, when we will be despair- despairing. And we need to know that you are with us and that we can trust you even though times are difficult and we feel like things are wrong. It's your spirit to bind our wounds to heal us of our broken heartedness. And let's praise you. In the name of Jesus, we pray.